The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Day five of our continuing coverage of our 2017 summer split EULCS team by team previews. I feel like every time I do that introduction, I, I put the words in a different order and it, and it makes it sound fresh and new, or I, I just sort of sound a little bit insane. But yes, it is day five. So far, we have covered H2K, G2, the Unicorns of Love, and Misfits, and we've also covered four teams in North America. And today, I got a little pep in my step for this one. Not because mm. I'm excited about this team, but just, you know, it's like this dose of energy that you get whenever you think of the word vitality, which I think is what vitality are hoping they're going to get from, uh, from some of their changes in the offseason. And I can think of no better person to talk about one of those changes than my good friend and podcast co-host, Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, actually both of them you have some history with, so this will be a little interesting to discuss this. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting. I I think that they're... Uh, they, they needed to make uh, one change to their lineup very clearly, and I think they got the best person available at that role. So that's great. I, they clearly needed a, a new coach. It, it became apparent that Sean's wasn't working out for them. And, and that doesn't mean you know, that Sean's is the worst person ever. I, I wish him luck in whatever career that he has. But they needed a change here, and they went out and got Yamato Cannon, who was the best coach available. So you know, they did two moves, and I like both moves. So it, it becomes less about whether they handled the offseason in the best way possible. I, I think that they did. It's more about where does that get you in the current EU LCS landscape? How, how, is that enough? And I, I think it's going to be interesting to explore that today. I, I think there are a lot of different ways you can you can view this team and, and what they've done uh, and, and what that means for the split. I mean, to be fair, uh, I can tell you what it got them last year. It got them seventh place. Yes. Uh, se- technically eighth place. Eighth place. Kept them out of relegation. Um, but other than that, we're not a competitive team at all. They they were they were pretty terrible, for um for pretty much all of the split. Not only did they get rid of Sean's, they also got rid of Irene, who was their actual head coach. Uh, Sean's had stepped back and was in a, a managerial role within the organization. But both of them are gone. Both their head coaches uh, have left, and it is down onto Yamato Cannon. Uh, the rest of the roster, the actual starting roster, is Cabochard in the top lane, Choco in the jungle, Nuke Duck in the mid, Steelback at AD. 
and our good old friend Vander will be replacing Hachani at support. Chase, I know all of last offseason you were like, where is Vander? Where is Kase? Why aren't these guys on LCS team? Why are you excited, so excited about the return of Vander to the European LCS? Because he's really good. Like, it's not, it's not a very complicated answer here. This is a very good League of Legends player. During his time in the EU LCS, he has almost always been a top three, if not top two support. The guy's a great playmaker. He knows how to play an awesome Thresh. His Tom Kench is really good. Uh, he understands how to play supportive champions when he needs to do it. This is a guy who had a 14.38 KDA in the Challenger Series last split. And I know what you're thinking, like, yeah, he was playing in the Challenger Series, so you would expect an LCS player to do well. But 14.38? I mean, that's absurd. And, and the guy did so on a bunch of different champions, a bunch of different playstyles. He clearly has those those veteran wiles and, and leadership. I, I think that's something that, if you're looking at what Vitality was missing, a, a present shot caller with a strong understanding of the game, with a strong understanding of especially the laning phase and how to find little advantages that can get you kills, that's something they did not have last split. They did not have an initiator, whether it was Hachani, who was just dying a lot. Uh, those are the kind of mistakes. I don't expect Vander to make any spot-checking mistakes in the same way. He's more intelligent than that. Uh, I also don't think this is going to be something like AOD, where the mechanics, you know, for him just weren't able to keep up with most of the other supports. This is a guy whose mechanics are top-notch and have been top-notch for the majority of his career. It honestly was one of those things where I totally understand wanting to, to chase the money, and Schalk was a team that was willing to, you know, give those resources, I'm sure. You know, there were a lot of things had that Shulk team played up to their potential in the playoffs. Maybe he's still on there. I, I don't know. Um, but clearly he, he made the realization that he wants to get to the LCS stage. And if Shulk isn't going to get him there, well, this is a team that's available. And, and this is a team that allows him to play in a bot lane with Steelback. And I know what people are thinking. Why are you still excited about Steelback? Steelback took a pretty big step back last split. As far as his aggressiveness went, still a 4.7 KDA on a team that was objectively terrible. Um, still, by far, um, you know, not necessarily the best laning presence, but again, he had absolutely no help with that. But still the team's leader in our gold per minute, still the team's leader in, in damage uh, for most of the season. I think Nukeduck kind of overtook him towards the end. But, I mean, the guy is a valuable player. He was not enabled to succeed. He was not put in a position where we could see him really put himself out there. And I do believe it encouraged some bad habits. I saw a lot of the same things that plagued, say, Alltech for the majority of his career, where he didn't feel comfortable making engages, so he'd stay back. You know, this is the cop problem that I, I think I, I still refer to him as the quintessential example of this, because this is a guy whose KDA always looked great, but he wasn't making the impact that his teammates needed him to. But now he has Vander, so now he has no excuse for not making an impact. He, this should be a very strong bot lane. This should be a bot lane that really sets this team going and gives them a route to winning games that was not readily apparent last split. So I, I like the move. I like what that means for the bot lane. I really love Vander, and I believe that he is still very capable of succeeding on an LCS stage. The problem is going to be that if you're an EU LCS team, you already know everything I just told you, and your plan is going to be stop the bot lane and force literally anyone else on Vitality to beat you, and that might be a concern. That might be something that uh, I, I still have some 
some hang-ups on, I think, for lack well, of, of, of Of course we're going to have hang-ups on. I think our, our biggest criticism has been how do these three kind of studs, how do these three carries in Kablishar, uh, Nuke Duck, and Steelback, how do they coexist together? And last year showed a lot about how they just don't, how there isn't a lot of cohesion among them. The weird bright spot for me in Vitality last year was Joko. So what do you think about Joko going into the, the summer split? Did, did we see enough that we are, are convinced that he deserves to be a, a starting LCS jungler? Do we need to see more from him? I, I really want to see what are your thoughts on Joko since we've seen some other junglers kind of move around the atmosphere so far. Yeah, well, I mean, let's, let's start with Joko's individual performance. I, I thought he had... Uh, the kind of a split that we would expect a very young, unpolished LCS player to have. I mean, this guy is not a rookie technically because he played four games for Unicorns of Love, but in many ways he was still a rookie. He had very little time on the LCS stage before this, um, and he had clear positioning issues. I, I think his pathing at, at times really struggled. I, I think it was very possible to catch him out and counter-jungle him and, and put him in, in some very uncomfortable situations. Uh, but... I also think that he was by far the biggest playmaker on the team. I mean, we look at, you know, first blood stats. He had 60% of first bloods in the games that Vitality played. 60%! That was the highest in the league, and it wasn't that close. I mean, that's clearly a guy who understands the early game well enough to understand which lane can can really do something with that advantage, which lane has an easy trade which he can come in and really follow up on and, and secure that. So... The, the early game stuff is certainly present. You can see the, the, the kind of the start of, of building something. You can see it in the fact that he had a 69.0% kill participation. That was significantly higher than anyone else on his team. The next closest was Nuketuck at 63.4. So he was involved in the vast majority of their plays. They clearly felt comfortable using him as that kind of initiating force, using him as, as a key contributor in a lot of these efforts. Uh, I, I think the deaths are a problem, and I think a lot of that comes to those positioning errors I spoke of earlier. But he's there. He's putting in an effort. He's someone that they are willing to to really use. And I, I think that he's going to improve this split. I think there are a lot of things that he's learned and things you can point to. And certainly having a strong bot lane helps. My bigger problem is going to be, so what do we try to do with him? Because you, you can't just leave a jungler aimless and from a macro perspective a jungler has to have clear places and clear strategies that he's supposed to execute and if you look at the gold breakdown on vitality last split you know we ask who is going to be the primary carry they didn't have one last split steelback had a 24.5 percent of the team's gold nuke duck 23.2 percent cabochard 22.9 percent those are not very different those are not, you know, that's not, oh, yeah, we funneled resources into this one guy and, and made sure that he was someone that we felt comfortable playing around week in and week out. They clearly said, well, all of these guys want resources, so let's get all of them resources. So then you don't have that one individual win condition. You have to win by team fighting at that point because you don't have any clear strength. You don't necessarily have any clear weakness either, depending on how the game matches up, but you don't have a clear strength on the board. And that didn't go well for them. Their team fighting was not as strong as the rest of the rosters in the league. And certainly I think Steelback's passiveness in those fights, you know, mattered in that to a certain extent. But I expect more than this. I, you need to do more than this in terms of building a coherent team strategy that works, that, that has an identity that you can build around, that you can feel comfortable in, that 
you can really say like this is a team that is going somewhere and it's going somewhere in a positive direction and is building an idea that we know what a team vitality composition looks like. You know, we've that's what's something that Yost so, has brought up on so, the podcast. So so here is the million dollar question. Is Yamada Cannon the right coach for that? Is he the right coach for these five players? I think there's a chance this works out very well for them. And I think that the reason I feel that way is that from a, a, for a lot of reasons, you know, this is a team that despite having veterans throughout their roster, still feels like they're missing the same mechanical basics and the same macro basics that Yamato Cannon teaches well. Like, this is something that we talked about when we talk about Splice and, and the gap they made between the spring and summer split. That was an understanding of the meta. That was an understanding of these macro rotations and, and what players they needed to play around that enabled these compositions that were so much stronger than anything we'd seen from Splice previously. And right now, Vitality looks like a mess from a macro perspective, from a shot-calling perspective. So Yamato Cannon fixes that. Yamato Cannon should be able to come in and say, look, this is what it means to play out a composition. This is, if we're playing a composition with a carry, like Caitlyn, we play around that. Here's where the gank should come in. Here's how you set, you know, get the resources onto that Caitlyn and who's, who has to take a step back to enable that. But don't worry, we're aware that you still have, you know, some carry potential and in a different composition. This is how we enable you. And, and understanding those differences and, and really getting to the heart of, well, what does the best version of Vitality look like? I mean, these are basic fundamental questions. And I think it's safe to, and I think it's fair to criticize Vitality for the fact that we're now in split number four of their existence as a League of Legends team, and we don't have any answers to those questions. I think that is a fair criticism. I think this is a team that has finished sixth, seventh, and eighth now in three back-to-back -back splits. They clearly have not built an identity, and, and there are too many veteran members of this team to not understand some of these basics, but they don't. And so you need someone who does, and Yamato Cannon does. So the key is going to be whether they listen, and that's something where we have some question marks. I'm not sure that this is a team that is open to to learning some of these new ideas. I, you know, From what I've heard behind the scenes about Cabochard and Nuke Duck. I'm not sure they're going to be willing to take a step back, even if the team to take the next step forward needs them to. And, and that's really the key factors. You need to get them to buy in. It doesn't matter if Yamato Cannon has the ability to teach them all these fundamentals that I believe are going to be so essential to their success. If you're not executing properly, if you're not believing in those ideals and putting yourself all in on that, it's not going to work. So do they buy in? Do they believe in Yamato Cannon and do they believe in Vander? are really the two biggest questions. And that's really hard to pin down just looking at it on paper. I think that has been their biggest problem is that I, I do agree that the ego that, that Cabochard and that Nuke Duck and even Steelback have, ex have expressed and what we've heard behind the scenes from you know random people and sources and people who, in the know um, points to it's not going to happen. That Yamato Cannon is a guy that has been successful when it hasn't been egos, when it's been a lot of very young, fresh players, and he is able to be like, I'm your coach, like, I'm going to figure out how to get us all to work together, and hasn't had to deal with all these conflicting, I want, you know, 27% of the gold share, no, I want 27% of the gold share, no, I want 27% of the gold share, and then, like you said, eventually everyone is at 22%, and they're all equal, and no one's really the carry. I don't, I don't think Yamato Cannon has ever shown us that he is 
been in that situation or that he would necessarily succeed in that situation. So this is a very interesting experiment, I think, from Vitality. Um, I think that they're going to struggle. I think this is going to be a lot of struggling to adapt, but the addition of Vander will help them in terms of having some more direct, this is where we're going to start team fighting. This is where we're going to, you know, go for objective plays. I think the shot calling is going to come back in line because uh, Vander is a pretty good player. At the end of the day, Vander is a really good player. And at the end of the day, Chase, what is your prediction for this team? Where do they end up? How does the season go? Et cetera, et cetera. I think a lot of it's going to depend on the group draw. And that's going to be the reason why we don't do our final predictions until the very end. But I think this is a team that could sneak into the playoffs. I think that it's in play. I, I think that there are enough teams right now that I have question marks around as to where their next step goes. I, I think that if you're looking at, you know, is Team Vitality going to take a step forward? Is Rockat going to take a step forward? Is Splice going to take a step forward? Mysterious Monkeys, Ninjas in Pajamas. You've got a lot of teams right now with question marks around them. And one of them has to work out. And I believe that from a pure talent perspective, if these guys buy into the system, I think that it can work. I think that the key is going to be who they get matched up with. Because if they end up in the same group as, say, a Rocket, who clearly does buy into the system and does have a few things really going in their favor... I'm not sure they're going to do well enough in the first half of the season to be able to claw their way back in in the second half of the season. This is a team that will get better as the split goes on, and the question is whether they figure it out with enough time on the clock. Right now, I have them sitting on the outside, but I certainly can see it depending on that draw. So leave that as 7th to 8th again with an asterisk that says, I might come back to this if things line up for them because there's that potential in play i uh i think seven to eight is probably uh probably a good spot i think that's probably where they're gonna end up um it does leave room for improvement it also leaves room for it to absolutely implode spectacularly so we will see and we hope that you saw an excellent episode of the rough dress podcast or heard it if you are on SoundCloud. Uh, as always, this is our fifth team that we've covered over in Europe. We also did our fifth team in North America today. Uh, that was that was a doozy of an episode. I, I really suggest you go listen or watch to that one. Uh, and you guys can find us on social media. I am at CADs underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? Uh, you can find me at RedshirtKing. Uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. I the Vitality fans are, are something that I, I don't think we hear enough from over the course of the split. So if you are a Vitality fan, let us know in the comments what you think. I don't. I, I want to hear from you if you have that same bright-eyed view that this potential could work itself out, or if you're in this mode where you feel like there are greater changes that are going to need to be made heading into 2018. So absolutely uh, looking forward to continuing that conversation with you guys. Absolutely. And I don't think Yamato Cannon's going to really enjoy the, the conversation we're going to have on our next team tomorrow. It's one of his ex-teams, and usually people don't like it when you talk to their exes. Uh, but until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming 
or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron only Q&A's. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.